Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. As a New Yorker, as I said before, I really don't have a dog in this race, but uh, I had to do the calculations. And I also went around and spoke to other fellow New Yorkers and, you know, in like-minded fashion, they said, well, we don't really don't give a damn. That's what they say in quotes, but we're going to go for the Eagles. Uh, The display of riotous animalism is worth the price of admission. And as expected and predicted, they went crazy. Unfortunately, we don't call them thugs like the Baltimore contingent. You know, some folks, not that I agree either, agree or disagree, but I go by what's logical. Some folks riot over the death of someone. Folks riot because their favorite football team won a damn game. Anyway, we'll get it in, people. Let's go to a Urban Alternative Groove. You know, the, you know that spiel also. Black rock and roll, Afropunk, psychedelic soul, classic grooves, acid jazz. You name it, we got it. This is uh, Prince. We could do our own homage here. You know, Justin Timberlake did, a, did some kind of homage. We'll talk about that as well. This is from one of his later albums. I, I'm reviewing some of the stuff that Prince has done, his later works, which many folks probably would dismiss. But it's only when someone dies, and I'm guilty of this as well, that you start to really see the genius with the stuff that, again, people ignored when he was kind of sort of off the scene. So anyway, this is Wall of Berlin by Prince. We'll be right back. Give you about two and a half minutes. Let's groove. Everything's better when you come around Take it down, 
Rogers Nelson, the late Princess Ro- Prince Rogers Nelson, pardon me, and that was Wall of Berlin. Let's get it in, folks. Captain, you're needed on the Star Trek Discovery, the mirror version, the mirror universe version. Let's get to it. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I come to you as James Jasper. Earth 616. My reality, damn it. Let's go after an Earth. All right. This gentleman, not that dissimilar from Russell Wilson. Hell, he can do double duty. He does sports. He does nerd-centric fare. He does the grindhouse when he can. <laughs> and now we're fortunate enough to have him for the Midweek in Review, giving you his special spin on things. The gentleman with the eidetic memory, he is... The Uncanny Daryl B. Condolences to the family and friends of Muyadin de Baja. And folks may be asking who that is. He's the dude that, as the Bree knew something was going on, he's the dude that took the flying leap to grab a Confederate flag being waved on, and it was by a newscast. And, um... Unfortunately, he died gotten, gotten, getting shot on his bike in a New Orleans suburb. So, sir, I don't know if you ever realized how many guys and gals you inspired by jumping, being strong enough to do that, to have the gumption to do that while the cameras was going on. And here's hoping you rest in power. Once again, condolences to your friends and family. Let's get ready. Let's do this. Yeah, you know, I, I'm ha- I, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm just looking at Bree Newsom's Twitter page, and she also acknowledges the gentleman as well. So uh, definitely 
I can see that he's a young man, too. So really incredible. Uh, folks, again, this is the Week in Review edition of AfroNerd featuring Captain Kirk and, of course, the uncanny Daryl B. Uh, and yours truly. Uh, let's just get into this. I'm going to have the uncanny take point. What were your impressions of the Super Bowl, sir? Who were you rooting for and whatever you'd like to say about it? Okay, uh, I had no rooting interest, all right? Because, again, Dad's a Giant fan, so there's a hatred for the Eagles. And and me, being a Jet fan, there is no way in hell I'm rooting for Brady or Belichick ever. That being said, seeing Brady sitting down on that ground after the sack, the only sack of the game, by the way, looking at that ball bounce to the, the, the Eagles and looking dejected, that, that was my tea. They love talking about on Twitter tea and how you will delight in the sadness and misfortune of others. I'm a Jet fan. I am not sniffing a Super Bowl anytime soon. I have never sniffed a Super Bowl. That, that was my Super Bowl. <laughs> so thank you, Philadelphia Eagles, for giving me that bit of pleasure. I got what I wanted. It was a great entertaining game to look at. Now, if you're a defensive fan, it was abhorrent to you because neither team could make a defensive stop. But, but I, 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 listening to it as I worked, I was going nuts and giving updates to coworkers all the time. Hell, we had shoppers coming in as I'm screaming out scores. They're like, is that really happening? Why are we in the store? Let's go home. The game's still on. And I'm like, you didn't realize the game was still on? You know, but, but again, Americans, you know, that that's what we do. But uh, I am I am just glad that the game was entertaining and – and that, that it was so memorable. Because when your team isn't in it, that's the main thing you want. You want a game that's entertaining and memorable. And that's what we got. Back to you, Afrener. Yeah, again, I'm not the, the biggest sports dude. I do have an affinity for vintage sports games. You know, I mentioned uh, the, the Fred Williamses and the Jim Browns incessantly. Uh, they played under different circumstances when the monies weren't there. Uh, imagine Jim Brown in this day and age and what he would be paid. Nevertheless, I have to admit that for the 52nd uh, contest, it was it was pretty exciting. Uh, we didn't get a chance to do our, our normal Afro-Nerd annual Super Bowl gathering, logistics and where we normally go. And, and again, I think probably because of who, who the contestants were, you know, if it was a Giants or a Jets situation, I think we would have been hard-pressed to get together. But it was one of those things like, meh, you know, Brady's at it again. But I will confess that uh, I, I even tweeted, up, tweeted out something when, when, um, when Brady dropped the ball. And I had said that because I liken him. I think many people liken him, liken him to Steve Rogers. I mean, he's definitely Mr. America, Captain America. I said Captain America dropped the shield. It didn't go over too well on Twitter, but I still stand by, 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 by my beliefs. And I'm not going to root for someone who, one, cheats, and two, for the most part, rides with Donald Trump. He, he, he kind of capitulated a little bit when it came down to the NFL in general being lambasted 
uh, late last year by Trump, and when he called uh, the NFL players that ha- that had the the constitutional right to kneel, when he called them SOBs, that's when Brady made some calculations. But I don't know how much how much calculations how much of those, how how those calculations are real when we we saw you down with Donald Trump. So I I, I think you just again you're all about FaceTime. So uh, oh. anyway. Oh, and as you bring that up, you you also brought up the riot thing. You didn't bring up the other thing. And so glad you brought up the bizarro Steve Rogers from Secret Empire. All you media outlets, did you see Brady shake Foles' hand? Did you see Brady uh, give a good glowing interview? Did didn't you guys rip Cam Newton for all of that? saying how bad a competitor he was, how he wasn't a sportsman and stuff. Where are those Brady thought pieces today? I've yet to see one. And you say you're not racist? You guys could keep your bizarro Steve Rogers. Just to put that out there. Back to you, Afrener. And and listen, we will get into the writing and everything. I'm still kind of warming things up there. (laughs) Uh, Daryl, we'll get to it. No problem. Uh, Hey, I gotta Listen, get back into the swing. Uh, I see. Okay, so let's let's hear from, from the captain, captain, and then I'll give you my 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 impressions. Your thoughts about Super Bowl Fifty Two? Well, first, we, let, let's understand. Let's talk about some stats first. First, let's talk about the Patriots. Nineteen eighty five, lost forty six to ten to the Bears. This is a Super Bowl. Nineteen ninety eight, lost thirty five to twenty one to the Packers. Two thousand and one. 120 to 17 over the Rams. 2003, 132 to 29 over the Panthers. 2004, 124-21 over the Eagles. Here's Dallas' favorite now. 2007, lost 17 to 14 to Giants. 2011, lost 21 to 17 to the Giants. 2014, 128 to 24 over Seahawks. 2016. 134 to 28 over Falcons, and we have this Super Bowl. That means they went to 10 Super Bowls. Let's get in a little more stats, put this game in perspective so everyone can understand. All right? Record set and tied in Super in this particular Super Bowl. Most combined total yards, 1,151. Most passing yards in a postseason game, 505, Tom Brady. Most points scored by a losing team. They just threw this in there. They ain't have to throw this in here, this one. 33 by the Patriots. Most total passing yards in a Super Bowl, 874. Most Super Bowl appearance by a quarterback, 8, Tom Brady. Most career touchdown passes in Super Bowls, 18, Tom Brady. Most passing attempts in a Super Bowl without an interception, 48, Tom Brady. Tied his own record in 2008. Playoff touchdowns for a quarterback-receiver duo, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. That's 12. First player to throw and catch a touchdown in the same Super Bowl, Nick Foles. First quarterback to catch a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. Interesting. Most postseason passing yards in history. This is a lot, fellas. 10,226, Tom Brady. Most completions of 20-plus yards in a single Super Bowl, Tom Brady. Longest field goal kicked by a rookie in a Super Bowl, 46 yards, Jake Elliott. Most Super Bowl appearances, say what you want, people, 10, Patriots. Most Super Bowl losses by a single franchise, 5, Patriots. 
that that being said, just to put that game in perspective and put the Patriots in perspective in respect to everybody else. Now, see, that's why I say statistics is dangerous and it can be very humbling. Now, what I thought about the game, I was drunk during the game, man. You understand what, <laughs> what I'm saying? I, I was drinking it up, man. You know, I was drinking it up. I'm watching what's going on here and there. I thought it was a good game. You know, that's it. Nothing more, nothing more to talk about. Had a good time. You know, back over to you, Afternoon. Yeah, you know, the only thing is, you know, I, I thought it was good because it was relatively close in scoring. But I thought uh, the part about Brady and his abilities, and we, we can't take anything away from, from his prowess, is that the last year's game, you know, we thought it was going to go one way. And then at the tail end of it, he came back, he, he brought back the Patriots literally at the last moment. So something about that dynamic, for me, makes it a little bit more interesting to look at. I mean, this one was like going back and forth, back and forth. It, it, again, it was a good game, but I've seen more nail-biting games, especially with Brady's involvement. But, uh, again, 41-33, the Eagles pulled it out. Let's talk about the flip side of the Eagles. And the this goes back into what Daryl was talking about, and we have to be absolutely honest. And I think this is when I, go, I have to go into this racial mode which I detest, but it is a little too glaring. This abject, well, let me, let, me, let, me get, let me be exactly straight. This is definitely Trump's America. Because Trump has set the standard of being able to get away with things, and the ramifications don't appear, unless, until, he, until he gets impeached, if that happens. Again, until he gets gets impeached if that happens. Pending that pending that event, he seems to be able to to command this office with reckless abandon and the former president that's just it's night and day. So in like minded fashion, the the glaring quaintness the glaring quaintness with how mostly, because that's basically what I saw, not all, but I'm going by what I saw, mostly white, I suspect, Philadelphia fans or Philadelphians were going crazy, eating cow manure on camera, climbing, you heard what I said, eating cow manure on camera climbing light posts that were that were previously previously put that were greased or greased and they still were managed to go up those poles and pull them down uh, some nudity <laughs> i mean running around ramp, uh, 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 rioting looting and they, they, not only does that occur but then we hear that there's there's basically a a, a day off for philadelphians School is let out. I mean, all this nonsense goes on. And, you know, again, white folks are allowed. I mean, this is, this is indisputable. Okay? White folks are allowed to riot. And it's perceived as this is something they do. It's quaint. There's no criminal, criminal ramifications from what I can see. They can riot over a football game 
But if a young man or woman dies and there's some rioting, well, they're animals. They're thugs. Now, we have deconstructed that, that kind of thing, and I have problems with it. But the, the issue is, if there's thugs on the black side of town, there should be thugs on the white side of town. We have to be crystal clear about what that is. And, and if anything, my only gripe with black folk is that our media has been so decimated that we should be, we, because mainstream media is not going to submit the facts to you as crystal clear as yours truly, as, as the folks here on this show. But if we had a stern, stalwart, stalwart, pardon me, stalwart, uh, why can't I speak? Stalwart um, media like we had, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. At least on the black side of town, we would be able to exclaim and deconstruct appropriately. We have no way to counterbalance this kind of nonsense. So it goes kind of unchecked. But someone should, someone should say something and say it loud and clear and spin this around and say, hey, you don't have the right to critique black folks if this is how you folks get down. Because they certainly racialize black and brown people when they do things. But at least there are, there's a, a sense of urgency. Again, we can deconstruct it, but someone would have died to precipitate that kind of reaction. Not, a, not the, the winning of a sports, sporting event. Daryl? I've never understood this. I've never understood this, okay? I, and Cap, you could go into the social and and uh, economic ramifications of this, but whenever my teams win, say. yeah, whenever my teams win, I feel joy. I feel community, you know? I'm, I'm either with my family or my friends watching the game. We win. It's a celebration, all right? Oh, God, we win. Shots. Yo, win. Pretty girl gets kissed. Win. Act crazy, but not to the point where we're overturning cars. Not to the point where, and and um, you may need to put the cough button on me here. Where if me and my friends are up on a balcony, my T Wood, my T Wood, I'm throwing you off the effing balcony, which actually happened, people. Someone got tossed off a balcony in celebration. Fires, <laughs> destruction, but we won, we won, oh my God. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter does a march, and I see cops in full riot gear. I see people get arrested. I didn't see people get arrested at the Philly thing. I, I, yo, I, I, and, and here, here's the scary part. The Philly thing was tame. I have seen stuff at college campuses after the team wins the national championship where I'm like, you guys realize you got school here the next day, right? You guys realize that everybody in town knows who you are and you're doing this stuff. You know, Vancouver. Oh, my God. I remember what happened in Vancouver. That looked like that really looked like the nuclear bombs went off. You know, they, but yet. 
it's this. It, this is born out of the same narrative that I I used when comparing Tom Brady and Cam Newton's behavior, or rather how the media covered both of their behaviors. It's the same thing I get when I hear about oh, there's a fight in basketball, and oh, there's a fight in hockey, and how those are covered. Okay, it is undeniable. You cannot tell me there isn't a latent underwritten bias, a latent underwritten stereotypical paranoia that comes from these things, okay? And I'll just leave on this. You can't tell me as a sports fan that you wanted to, you were just caught up in the joy that you felt the need to destroy stuff, because that's bullshit. I'm sorry for people that got hurt, but at the same time, if you got hurt doing something idiotic, I'm laughing as I feel sorry for you. Your Eagles won their first Super Bowl ever. That wasn't enough joy for you? No, we got to flip this Prius. Back to you, Afrinerd. All right. Um, Cap? You want to say something? I'm going to read from the Washington Post, not my words. Psychologists and sociologists, sociologists have studied the phenomenon of sports fan violence and have found some interesting answers. Researchers attribute violent behavior to a heady mixture of factors, intense fan identification with the team, behavioral changes when people become part of a mob, and strong psychological and physiological responses when your team wins or loses. Go a little further into the article. When do fans most often tend to write? Sports fan violence occurs all over the world, but the American fan is unusual in a few ways. Unlike European soccer hooliganism, you know the and you know Dow, they could be rough. And oh, yeah. fans of opposing teams often hurt each other. Fan rioting in the United States is usually limited, limited to vandalism or violence directed at an inanimate object, notes Jerry Lewis, a Kent State University sociologist who has spent decades studying fan violence. That's just a little, they study this type of stuff. Now, to add to Darrell's point, something I've said for a very long time, when you're dealing with something like hockey, now in hockey you're allowed to fight. I always said that was savage. That's part of the rules. It's not boxing. But I'm not talking about that. You have an NBA basketball player who they get into fights with each other. Everyone says they're thugs. These guys are not thugs, man. I'm no real thugs. Hockey player runs up into the stands and punches a fan. No one calls. I'm not talking about what you do with each player. No one calls them thugs. That's a thug move. You, go, you don't belong up there. <laughs> so it's definitely a different dynamic that's going on here. And if we go back into the 80s, all right, college campuses, when they used to bring in all of these rock groups, there was violence going crazy. The media would not really report it. There'd be a little blurb in a small local newspaper. But when the black kids did one-third of that, it was all, it was all everywhere. Oh, we can't have them in here anymore. We can't this. We can't that. So, it's a, so it's, if you're looking for fairness, it's not there in respect to this. 
And some people will say that's just what Philly does. Some people will throw that in there also. <laughs> Back over to you, Afro Dirty. All right, uh, let's go to uh, let's go to the Philly side of the game. <laughs> this is his town. Maybe he can explain. I thought I saw a Q storm out there uh, shuffling around and, and stealing some juju beads. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, God. I, I saw him throwing bricks. <laughs> oh, boy. I, 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 thought, I, I thought I saw him with uh, with his piece dangling, <laughs> ready to pop a cap at somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, I, thought I, saw, I thought I saw him smiling at the camera with the, his, his white friends. Anyway. Uh, are you done? Are you done? Oh, God. There you go. Uh, Sorry about that, Q. This could be bad. Listen. Those, those thugs. Pardon me. Those white thugs. Go, go ahead, Q. What's up, like, man? Like I said to uh, Michael Dean and my cohorts who were trying to get at me, when they turned – I'm a Prius driver. Proud Prius driver. Oh, God. Okay. It was your car? And, no. no it wasn't I'm his saying, car. I'm just saying. It wasn't his car. I'm saying, if, if they come near my car, my two buddies, Sig and Sauer, are going to have something to say about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm say, that's straight up. That's straight up right there. And, and check this out. Now, let me, first of all, let me clear the air. I'm a Philly transplant. I've only lived in Philly since 2009. That's right. Now, I've been an Eagles fan since 2005. And I was an okay. Eagles fan ever since uh, McNabb was one of the few black quarterbacks that I've ever seen in the NFL. And we know how dirty they did him. But anyway, um, yep. I, I'm an Eagles fan. But check this out. Tomorrow is the parade. And they're offering free beer to anyone who shows up. Now, what could go wrong there? Oh, no. Wait, wow. wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh, After man. what just happened, they're offering you free beer? Everyone's, everyone gets one free beer. Oh, okay, one free beer. Okay, no problem. All right. Well, yeah, how many how many beers will they have had before they get the one free beer? That is a good point. That's true too. Hey, hey Q, I got to say this quick, and, I, and I'll let you continue. To, to, I, I'm going to do my I'm going to do my uh, you know my 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 normal shtick with uh, a disclaimer. Okay, I got to do a disclaimer. We have a multiracial fan base. Okay. So uh, we, t- folks who long t- long-time listeners know that we're very specific when we critique certain groups and certain people. This is not a wholesale thing. But I, I must say that they might as well just rename this kind of stuff white hedonism. Okay, the, we, we know our, our Carib Indian friends, uh, two of my co-discussants, they have, they have hedonism. We know that uh, New Orleans has a type of hedonism. Uh, we might as well just call this white Hedonism. If Philly is allowing alcohol drink, alcoholic drinks, just for a damn Super Bowl win. Continue, Q. What, what do you? Come on now. Remember how you last show you told me you, you, you basically told me these, we're dealing with crackers here. I'm sorry to say that word, but you, you basically <laughs> told me that. I, I do listen to what you say. So what I'm going to say is, oh, these are Philly fans. Not all. Not clean it up. Not all. Not all. Okay. Yeah. All right. The network censored. Captain, the network censors on. on yeah, you got to clean it up. You got to clean it up. But um, I'm just saying, you're talking about fans who threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah. You're talking about fans <laughs> who throw up, who throw up on little girls sitting in wow. front of them who are, are cheering the opposing team. Wow. You know, come on. 
<laughs> You're talking about a, a place where there's an actual jail underneath the stadium. Yeah, well, I did not. I am I did not, not kidding that. about this, folks. Philly yeah. has got a jail for uh, uh, fans that go overboard on their premises. So, okay. hey, yo, Q, congrats on your team winning. I, uh, but that beer thing with that parade and what happened? Wow. Oh man. <laughs> and, let, and, let me, and, and let me say, I've, I've actually supported the Philadelphia win, so that's the irony. But I, I, I said this before. This was to be an expected thing. If it was calm, I would have said, okay, what's what's going on here? <laughs> this was already allowed for. They made they made allowances for this kind of behavior. I just just I just know that when it comes to black and brown folks, when it's when things are uh, lives lives are in the balance. When it's like over a real issue, not a football win, this it's a totally different demeanor. All of a sudden, if I remember correctly, they, the, the policeman said, we don't have we don't know how to handle this. We don't have enough policemen. I mean, they already like already basically put put on their, their their gloves and soft shoes and said, we don't know what to do. Now, if these were black people, they would know what to do. But let me ask. So, the posture was different. The posture was certainly different. Go ahead, Q. How, does, how would you say what we saw uh, the night of the Super Bowl win, how does that compare to, let's say, Greek Fest? Because I've heard some things about Greek Fest. Oh, no, no, no. I got, I got even worse. And, and Cap could tell you. We got this thing called SantaCon in New York. Oh, God. Oh, that's still too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Listen, there are, there are things that happen during SantaCon that if they were shown on television, the Philly thing would be tame. All right? I'm not talking about public destruction. I'm talking about morality destruction there. All right? I, I, I'm, just, I'm being totally 100 with people. But – they get away with it. They get away with it. If it's us peaceful protesting, you know, if we're kneeling for the anthem, oh, my God, that's un-American. Oh, my God, that threatens our civil liberties. Oh, my God, it's threatening my football. These guys are actively setting fires and stuff, Destroying public, par- private, pop- uh, public and private property, lives are being endangered. Okay, <laughs> and it's not just Philly. I gave you four other cities across North America where they, where during a championship, people decided we're gonna go nuts. Hell, I was half scared for Cleveland when LeBron finally helped them get that championship. That Cleveland was gonna go the same way, you know. But hey, you know what? With Cleveland, I forgot. Cleveland's still 60% black, so you didn't hear many incidents that happened in Cleveland. You know, I was shocked at how much happened in Philly because Philly is, what, 70% black? So oh, I guess I, like, that was, every that was, white person in Philly went nuts. Well, that was, a different, that was a different side of Philly. Let's go to 570. Uh, the lines are open. 570, welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? What's going on, man? My name's Jeff. I'm calling from Philly. Oh, hi, oh, my Jeff. God. <laughs> A survivor. South Shore. <laughs> South Shore. Okay. So what are your thoughts about the game? Congratulations for the Eagles, by the way, even as a New Yorker. I can appreciate sportsmanship. But don't you think there is a little bit of, of, of some nonsense with this hedonism that's allowed by these people? 
I mean, come on, it's just a, well, it's I, just a football game. Well, yeah, but I want to clear something up. You were saying stuff before. The, in the new stadium, they don't have the the courthouse or the magistrate like they oh, used to in. Uh, oh, so it's in, only in veterans. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Thanks okay. for the clarification. Your right, question. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Se- second thing is, uh, I wanted to uh, just if we can clear up the fact. Uh, why why do black guys fuck white women? Fat ass white women and get them pregnant and then. All right. Okay. You see again. Hey. <laughs> he called... uh, yeah. I, we tried to be fair. There you go. He, he really, well, he really, well, he, he, he really spoke well of his race, didn't he? When we were talking about these guys yeah. riding, that 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 was what we he he that was what we needed to hear. Hey, there's, that there's, the, there's I, the duality that we spoke about right there. We gave him time. He could have came, came with it. I complimented him on, on correcting me, and he couldn't now take it. He now, had to go that extra step too far. Can I add this in? Just a question for everybody on here now, because it's something that we have to talk about in the modern-day era. I know when you have political figures and people are marching, they're protesting. There's something known as agitators. Do you think there could be any paid agitators for these type of situations with sports here in the United States? There's something to go out there. I will say this, all right, and, and again, for sports fans, they'll, they'll recognize the name for people out there. You, you may not, but... If there is a paid agitator, then Dennis Rodman was a paid agitator. You know, when it comes to sports, Draymond Green now could be a paid agitator. When it comes to these 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 riots and stuff like that, I mean, why would you pay somebody to rile these people up if they're already this wild? Matt, I, I I will use this as an example. Your team in college football just beat the number one team in the nation on your own field. What do those fans do? They bum rush the field. They go for the goalposts. They bring them down. They act like it's 1999. Hi, Prince. They, they go nuts. It's Sodom and Gorora. Oh, my God. We just knocked off the number one team in America. Oh, I got to go break down the goalposts. Let me jump through these hedges. Let me go slug an imposing player in the face. Folks, this stuff has actually happened. Q's laughing. Q, you know this to be true. Every college football season, whenever the number one team gets knocked off on someone else's field, they go nuts. So they don't need the agitation. They'll go nuts on their own like they did it. Not the players on the field. No, no, no. We did it. Let's go nuts. Let's destroy stuff. So I don't think they need to have paid agitators for this. All right. And, hey. and also, and also, let's. We got to get. I want to also. You know, we still have. You know, the clock on us. I do want to address the MLK Dodge commercial. I want Q to still remain. Oh with dear us. God. Uh, and and our thoughts about the Justin Timberlake um, Prince homage, if you want to call it that. But you know, it, uh, Sergio's just being playful. Sergio's in our chat room. He says. Hey, how come you didn't answer his question? I said I'm gonna answer his question. He's gonna answer. He's gonna answer why that guy eats dog shit. <laughs> or oh, pardon me, horse shit. Here we go. 
Wow, we're cursing on the show now. There we go. Well, normally, listen, I I don't like going there, but since since he cursed, and this is the Trump era, uh, and he wants an answer for a question, well, why doesn't he answer that first? We saw a white, we saw a, 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 a disturbed white male, not that dissimilar from the gentleman that that called us. He was eating horse manure. If he can't answer that question, I'm not going to answer something about some obese white woman. He, he, could, he called the wrong place because I was I was well crafted on jonesing people and that whole that whole nine. He doesn't want it from me because this whole this whole this whole operation is shut down. He's not ready for me. I was I had, I did four years in high school at the lunchroom table, so no way. <laughs> I wouldn't want I wouldn't I wouldn't want to come against against me. It's like going against uh, Galactus. Don't try it. He's still trying to get on the boards too. <laughs> no life. Anyway, let's talk about MLK. MLK uh, and again, folks, pardon the expletives, but every once in a while, it's, it's that time. It took all this time of broadcasting when you start hearing an Afro nerd use expletives. Anyway. Um, what are your thoughts? Let's go to Q about this. What were your thoughts about Dodge using uh, the audio for one of his famed speeches, Doctor Doctor Martin Luther King? Um, his words. <laughs> your thoughts? I'll tell you exactly. I can tell you like it was yesterday. Uh, I heard the speech. I'm like, wow, that sounds like is that Martin Luther King? I've never heard this speech before. And I, I saw people working, you know, middle class workers. And I'm like, this must be like a democratic or independent ad, you know, fighting Trumpism. And then I saw the Ford Ram truck. I was like, oh, okay. They just happened to catch a truck in the shot? Because I know they're not using Martin Luther King to sell some damn trucks. And then I saw another truck and another truck. I was like, huh? Really? So yeah, I, I thought it was. I'm not gonna curse like you 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 have, Debert. <laughs> but I thought it was. I thought it was messed up, and I, I got into it with some people on Facebook that I consider friends. And I'm like, you know, I I had to break it down. I'm like, listen, just imagine something that you cherish and you hold dear being used to sell a product. How would that make you feel? And then they all were like, okay, I understand. Yeah, I, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. You uh, sure we couldn't just talk about Peter Dinklage and Morgan Freeman and oh. Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott? We have to talk about the MLK thing. Go like, yo, that that that's just that's just uh, um, U.S. business not knowing when to stop, not knowing where the line is. That's all that is. And what's sad is the that's King of State probably licensed it because. I, I've seen the King go. Estate get down firsthand, selling their legacy. I've seen it firsthand, so it's go. just a shame. So, Afrodor, take the floor on that. I okay. can't follow that one. <laughs> just All right. take it. Oh, okay. Give it the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First, <laughs> we, we we discussed this a few days ago at the gym. Yeah, we discussed right. it. You did a great job. Break it down. I'm going to break it down for the gentlemen, and they, they're entitled to have their opinion, but I got a totally different way of looking at this. Uh, forever the contrarian. Um, m- when I first saw the commercial and heard his words, I thought the, er- the words obviously is Dr. King, one of the greatest orators the world has ever known. So I'm listening to the words, and I thought that wow, you know, the words are pressing it. You know, you- you're paying attention. Um, you- you're caught up in the words, just like if when-, when when President Obama speaks, 
he has an ability. So I'm listening to the words, and then I see a truck. And I said, wow, that's a little odd, a little off-putting. So I will confess that my first reaction wasn't a good one. I was like, eh, this is, this is, this something, something isn't right. But then I said, well, it's highly unlikely that the estate didn't approve of that. So once the, once the uh, smoke cleared, we found out that there's a law firm that covers these things that represents the king, the, the king estate, and this was an approved ad. That's number one. So you're, you're already kind of going in a, in, in a different direction. You're going to have to capitulate, capitulate a little because the king family authorized that. That's number one. And I went into it even deep, more deep. What I thought was, well, the king, people, the king family is going to have to get paid. Some kind of way. And maybe if it takes uh, Black History Month, with, with all the commercialization with Black History Month, for, for the King family, considering what they sacrificed, again, what they sacrificed was immense. So, uh, and the King's family, was, they, they were not the Kennedy family, who also sacrificed a lot. You know, the Kennedy family, they have a compound. They have generational wealth. Uh, Dr. King died at 39 years of age. He's a young guy. I found out uh, recently, and I, I regret that. I Listen, I don't know everything, but I found out that a few years later, Dr. King's mother was assassinated. And I think days after that, days after her assassination, his younger brother was killed. Well, I think he died, died in a drowning. But uh, Dr. King's mother was kill, killed mid-service d- during a, you know, during a, uh, a, a church service. You, know, you have to realize he was young enough to have died where his parents were still living. So uh, Dr. King Sr. was performing a sermon, conducting a sermon, pardon me, and his wife was at the piano, and some crazed person of color, a man of color, 20-something years of age, uh, who had a problem, a problem against um, religion and black clergy, who was attempting to, uh, attempting to shoot at his father, shoots and kills his mother at 69. So when I saw, when I saw that and found out about this, I said, you know, I said, listen, these people have to get paid. They really do. We didn't set up as a community. I mean, there's the King Foundation. But considering what they sacrificed, we should have set the King family up indefinitely. But we don't have that ability. Maybe we didn't have that foresight. Since that's, since that's not the case, if it comes down to Dr. King's words being so proficient, so prescient, that maybe this is the cost. Maybe we have to deal with uh, 20-some-odd days for the month of February for, for, for uh, Dr. King's family, for uh, Malcolm X's family, for all these Carter G. Woodson's family, you name it. These, these families need to get paid. They really do. And then I thought about this also. We've seen, this is when I go into my typical rant, we've seen Nicki Minaj defecate on, on El Haj Malik El Shabazz. We just, you know, let that go somewhat. Um, uh, Emmett Till was defecated on by Lil Wayne. We saw a bi- uh, Big Sean in a recent record, the latest record, uh, he makes reference to 
wanting to smoke weed or puff weed with Rosa Parks while getting out the gas on wax. This is what we do. And then you have to factor in that when it comes down to certain strip clubs or whatever uh, Negro event, we have uh, flyers with Dr. King's image holding up bo- bottles above or a gold chain around his neck. We have people on 125th Street selling his T-shirt and hats along with uh, Malcolm X. That's not authorized. People, people are making money off of this image. That if Dodge can do it with a little bit of respect and some people, factions in the black community that sell it without that respect, what am I to say? The kings have to get their money. Your thoughts, gentlemen. This is how I deconstructed it. Cap? Uh Uh-oh. Nothing to say? Nothing to add or to take away? Well said. Uh, Let me me ask you this question. Uh, How is that any different? I'll put it this way. I see it as minstrelism on another level. Minstrelsy on another level. You're selling your legacy. I mean, you know, my parents raised me. This may not be apples to apples, but my parents raised me to go out on their on my own, make my own way, so that I wouldn't have to live off of him, my dad, for the rest of my life. They shouldn't be living off their father, who's dead, for the rest of their lives. Now, that's a simplistic way of saying it, but you don't sell your legacy for a truck. And if I, I, have, to I, go in, if I have to go any deeper than that, I don't know what to say. Again, I think that it's, it, it's, it's, it's reimbursement for their loss. And if, we, if the community didn't get behind that family, because when a family loses its patriarch, it's never the same. It, it, it's it's done. We see, we see madness with with regular folks losing their patriarch or the patriarch not uh, fulfilling his fatherhood duties. In this case, we're talking about people that were gunned down as the ultimate sacrifice. And I think they deserve something. And I think that if we're using the ads, and it, it it's subjective if it's being disrespectful with the truck situation, because. Uh, I did hear the message. If I'm getting the message, maybe that's the that's the cost with these leaders that that made these sacrifices for us to be able to have the amount of mobility that we do in in our society. Maybe that's the cost because we should have set them up where they did not have to do that. And I'm saying it's different for um, Bill Gates's children, as you as, with your uh, analogy, Bill Gates's children. I think he's doing that too. I don't know. He's, I don't think Bill Gates is giving his children a stipend because he said that. So uh, that might be different, okay? But this, these people didn't have a father. They lost him tragically for, in a, such a way for the world to to see, and they moved society. And again, if you're not going to deconstruct the folks that are abjectly disrespecting these same icons, I don't know if we have a. I don't know if we have a dog in the race. I don't know if we can say anything. I prefer Dodge in some way to respect Dr. King's legacy than Nicki Minaj or any of these other people who are not doing it. And they have actively, dare I say, a lot of their success has, has to do 
with the sacrifice that Dr. King has made, and they're still defecating on that iconography. Let's go to 404. I think this is our friend Nas from GA. Nas. Yes, indeed. Yeah, man. Uh, well, this one, like, we got I guess up front we got to say, even if we do disagree with it, we got to understand, you know, it's their legacy to sell if they choose to do it. So they have that right. But we also had a right to critique it. So, you know, you got to throw that in there. So here's my problem with it. Uh, the drum major speech is actually a, a really, a really specific speech because he's talking about, you know, consumerism, uh, materialism, and all these other things. So the idea that you would sell it to Dodge about trucks lets you know not only how tone deaf they are, but just how bad they are at actually doing this. I'm from this school of thinking. Because I, I don't agree with selling King's legacy in this way. But, again, if they choose to, that's their right. At least be good at it. Like, if you're going to do this and you're going to formulate, like the, the Ali family did, some type of way to monetize the legacy of your, uh, your person who passed, then you would keep it on brand. You wouldn't have him selling trucks. Like, hell, you should have your own line of church pews or something that's involved within the church or something that's involved with human rights or some kind of way. Uh, to get involved to where you actually affect people's lives but still do the monetizing that you think is necessary to, you know, kind of submit the legacy going forward and, you know, really give that, that, that money for your family. I just, think, I just think this was not only in bad taste, but it just wasn't well thought out. Use the drum major speech to sell trucks. So I, I just thought it was bad, so the backlash, of course, was going to come. And I don't, I, like, I'm not falling with this thing that's kind of popular on social media. I don't think this pushes kids to all of a sudden go look up the drum major speech and listen to it. This is like what rappers used to say when they play 13 seconds of Malcolm before a song and say, oh, see, that's going to lead kids to go listen to Malcolm. And then talk about all kinds of stuff Malcolm wouldn't do or say. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy that part. But yeah. like I said, if you're going to do it, do it better than this, man. This is real rap, real shabby job. Or or the Chris Rock line, like, every black person would be familiar with the law if we put uh, snippets of the, the the U.S. law book in every rap video. Like, yeah, do, watching a rap video or watching a commercial is going to make me go out and learn about history. Yeah, you have to want to learn about history by, like, actively going out to learn about history. You know how that, that spot could have been fixed? It would have been easy. You would have uh, Dr. King's words, but you would already have pictures of the trucks there. You wouldn't do that, we're going to do this sweeping view as the words are going, and then here, here's the thing. You either have the trucks already in the picture, no movement with his words, and have a, here it is, actual black people standing by the trucks with their Hello. heads bowed, Hello. or... Or no trucks have the words, then you fade to black, and then at the bottom, uh, uh, like a rest in power or uh, uh, happy Black History Month, and with a little Dodge insignia. The way they did it smacked of commercialism, right? Which, as Nas brought up, is quite ironic since the speech is anti-commercialism. Beautiful. Back to you, Afrinerd. One quick thing. Let's go to our let's go to our friend Sean Christopher in the chat room and just answering his question. He says, "Do do they have to do that? Are they in financial trouble? Yes, they have to do that. 
I don't know if they're in financial trouble, but uh, we can we can surmise that they needed that money because this has been the, the King family have been quite public with their spats over the King estate. So this is not this has been a, this has been a, one in the long in a long line of issues with the legacy of Dr. King. We've seen this come up before, uh, where the, the the taste factor, what is what is classless or what have you. That does come up ever so often with the King estate and the King family. So yes, obviously they had to do it. Uh, you know, I want to move can forward I, into the Justin into the Justin Timberlake can I say thing. One thing. Can I say one thing. Uh, sure, sure. The way it's one of the reasons why I sat back and just listened. The way everyone broke this down. You know, what this reminds me of. It's not quite the same thing, but it's somewhat analogous. That's how my ears caught it. It's like the, the independent rapper. Who probably makes sixty grand a year, supporting himself. Then they bring him into the major record company. They say, "Rap this way, dude, and you can make three million dollars a year." What do you do? You know, what do you do? Stay at your sixty grand, or rap like a fool and make three million? See, it's real easy. I had a friend say to me years ago, business guy. You know, and he did he did real well for himself. He says. When you don't have, he would say, you, you don't have no money. He said, when you don't have any money and someone else has money, it's real easy to talk. <laughs> Just food for thought, man. And, you know, food and one other thought, thing, man. one other thing, too, we forget that uh, th- this is a corporatized world we live in. In other words, many of the 60s radicals, when it came down to actually squelching their power, they gave him a job. You know, <laughs> Angela Davis. You know, she was, had the power fist. She was. That's she, true. She was. That's true. She, she she was. Uh, she went to trial, and she beat the she beat the trial. She beat the case, and at at some point she becomes a professor. You know, these people started started having getting cookbooks and deals. I mean, that's the best way to, to squelch. Uh, you know, whether it's it's someone who becomes a martyr. You get brought up by the, brought into the system. I mean, that's how America works. That's how commercialization works. That's how corporate corporatism works. You get bought out. I just know that there are folks on the street, literally, that are getting paid off of Dr. King's image, off of uh, uh, of Malcolm X's image, and that family's not getting that money. And no one says anything, and no one deconstructs that. And I, I you know. I think taste is subjective, unfortunately, in, in some regards. Uh, I wish we would get at the people that we know are being completely classless. We don't seem to be as, as – we don't have the fervor. It, let's get at some of these people, our, our own people, that are actively disrespecting the iconography. Big Sean wants to smoke weed and, and, and uh, pull out the gat with Rosa Parks. Really? Anyway. One quick thing, and then we're going to move along. We're going to go to a groove, and then when we come back, we've got to get into Raven Simone, how that – I ride with Raven Simone. <laughs> Not all the time, but some of the time I agree with her. Matter of fact, she wasn't even the person that originally put out that, that, that post. It was speech of Arrested Development. Somehow they forgot to, to go into that. Anyway, uh, Justin Timberlake, his performance, going through his hits, and the what ended up being – I guess much ado about nothing. It was, it was allegedly, and I think he really was going to go there, 
but Sheila E. put some fire on his fire on his butt and some of these other other people, where it was talk about him actually putting out a hologram image of Prince and performing with the hologram. I think that was the initial the initial uh, thing he was going to do, but then the outcry was rather swift. So, what were your impressions of his performance? And we'll, we'll move forward, Daryl. I didn't watch his performance. I was too busy enjoying Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. I heard from everybody how his performance was, and the first picture I saw was somebody that that used the wonders of Photoshop, showing Justin at the computer, and showing a big picture of Chappelle as Prince on the the tarp. And I went like, that's all I need to know about the performance. Because A, I'm not seeing the performance everywhere. And B, the first thing that pops up is I see Dave Chappelle as Prince. Good job, Justin. Oh, by the way, my store has marked down the Justin Timberlake CDs from 11.97 to 8.97. And it's supposed to be released this week, and we already were marking them down last week. That all tells right, you all go, you need to know. Let, let's go to let's go to uh, let's go to Captain, and then Q Storm. Well, Justin Timberlake, his performance is all right. I, I see Justin Timberlake as someone that's all right. He's all right, as I said before. You know, he's a partial Elvis. He's not a real Elvis. You know, Elvis is more talented. He's not a Tina Marie. Tina Marie. Was that was that stuff? You understand what I'm saying? He's damn sure no Eminem, because Eminem could spit it for real. You know, so I don't have anything against Justin Timberlake. He's all right. He's all right. You know, other than his mic going out. <laughs> his mic yeah, went that out. That was a problem. Yeah, in the beginning of it, he had a little problem with the mic thing. You know, so oh boy. other than that, you know, he, you know, he's all right. I'm not going to complain with Justin Timberlake. I'm like, yeah, it's okay, but I'm, I'm not going crazy. For it, and that's what he did. He did the all right thing. That's all. Back over to you, Apple Q, your impressions of the Timberlake performance, or even the Prince homage, if, you, if that's what you want to call it. Three quick things. One, no one is talking about that performance. There's a reason why. Two, I'm a little solid on Justin Timberlake because he gets a second shot. Janet Jackson did not. Three, having said that, I find it ironic that the gentleman. Justin Timberlake, who is of Euro descent, got the message that you don't sell out a legacy, quote-unquote, like Prince, and the King of State has not learned that lesson. Okay, I'm done. Oh! (laughs) That is the Q-patented backhanded shot? Q-patented. Well, I hope it was a three-pointer. That's pretty good, Q. You had some ginseng today and some caffeine? It's pretty good. (laughs) Lethal, Lethal combo. Anyway, listen, um, I, I have to concur with the captain. I mean, I saw it. You know, it was entertaining, not anything spellbinding. Um, I guess there's talent there. I mean, I, I don't want to completely discredit Justin Timberlake, but he represents the corporate machine, and he's, you know, not that different than a lot of the artists that are out there. I mean, I see that Quincy Jones, the iconic, legendary, and talented Quincy Jones, He's uh, of advanced age, he's, and he's starting to really spit some hot fire. You know, he's saying some things. I, what is it? Is that from a Rolling Stone interview? I, I forgot where that's from. But it's, it, it's a new interview where he's just laying it all out. He's, he called the Beatles untalented. So he's going there. 
and he may be on to something when he breaks it down. Because, you know, listen, uh, Jones has orchestral talent going back to the 40s. He's a jazz dude. He knows music. He is a master musician, unquestionably. And he's been in the music business forever. So when he says something, it cannot be discounted. And he's being absolutely honest about current music and the whole scene. So when he broke it down, I said, okay, I'm glad I'm not the one hallucinating. So they're going to probably perceive it some way, but I think that the weight of what he's saying is going to, it might have some shockwaves. So anyway, Justin Timberlake, you know, I thought he was going to do something very slick. And that's where that disrespect comes from as far as Prince. He disrespected the man a few times when he was alive. So now you're going to try to cart out his uh, dead image, because it would have been very morbid for this man to be walking around that way. Um, and luckily, he was, he was, he was, his carpet was pulled, and Sheila East said, listen, I knew the man. He specifically did not like that particular technology. So it is what it is. It, it just shows you how far the culture has, has fallen when you had top-tier acts like Prince, like The Who, like the Rolling Stones, like maybe even Madonna, you could throw that as far as like her weight. Uh, and then you go to Justin Timberlake, he's not really a superstar like that. And they, they had him there to carry the whole thing. I mean, if anything, you might need about five Justin Timberlakes in order for it to kind of equal itself out. They had him doing it, so it's kind of like, wow, it's, you know, I guess it's only so many times you can have Metallica there, those kind of acts. The, the, uh, or Elton John. They never had Metallica there. I wish well, they had Metallica there. All right, Let, let's 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 call a, a spade a spade here. These folks are in Minnesota. You are in Minnesota. You have Justin Timberlake. You want to do a Prince thing during it? You call Sheila E. You call Morris Day in the time. Thank you. Call you. The Revolution. You Thank call you. them and have them come out to play a couple That's of true. songs with JT right there. Don't give me that. You <laughs> thought you could get away with a cash grab here with the hologram, and it would be so popular that you could spit it off and make billions off his name while giving him a pittance. Or giving the family a pittance. That's what was going on here. Daryl, Daryl, I was with you, but you got it wrong. You got it wrong. You have Morris Day in the Time, Original Seven, whatever women call themselves. You have them headlining the show. You have Sheila E. You have Wendy and Lisa. You have Jesse Johnson. You have these cats headlining the show. And you let JT do a little Chris Martin cameo like you did for Beyonce. That's all you need of him. No, but no, because, time, but, but, because here it is. The JT's the headliner. That's who white America knows. They don't know every the other guys without Prince. Remember, all the halftime show is is so that the for the regular folks in America don't walk away from their screens or turn to something else because they need their eyes there to because people are paying so much for the commercials. By the way, the guys that had that blackout, you're fired because that cost the, the NFL like $4 million. You know, 
that that freaking to have their eyes on the screen to keep them engrossed there. JT does that. Unfortunately, Sheila E. More stay in the time and thing. Don't do it for Middle America. Cause remember, we don't matter. It's the white or well, Mister and Mrs. Whites in the the words of South Park. Who cares about the whites? The NFL cares about the whites because those are the acts they want to keep to the seats in middle America during halftime because they want their eyes on those commercials. That's why I said Metallica doesn't count because I would love to have Metallica play because Metallica plays two and a half to three and a half hour sets on the regular. They can knock out a halftime without having it be pre-recorded, without having dancers and all of that. You would have a lot of pyro, a lot of guitar, a lot of drums, and face-melting rock and roll. But they will never have that because Middle America won't accept that. You know, the Bible bet won't accept that. So that's what I've been craving for years. So let me fall asleep during you too. All right, I cheered for the Bruno Mars. You know, I was into JT and Janet before all of that BS went down. But I will never get a Metallica, uh, uh, ACDC now, a Guns N' Roses. You know, in their prime, I'll never get those acts playing that stage. Unfortunately. Back to you, right, Let's go to a quick, a really quick groove. Uh, and also, I suspect, you know, listen. I, I, what you just said, even the roots, the roots are in, in the uh, everyone. The roots are in everyone's living room daily, and the roots also have a special affinity and friendship with the Revolution, Wendy and Lisa. Always, they, they, they are Prince stands. So they had Bilal. I mean, listen, Bilal again. He's not known like JT, and I don't. And also, the JT, the JT lineage doesn't match up with Prince for me. You know, at least I like to see an act that kind of matches up along the lineage of the sound, and, and, okay, I can see that you got something from him. Hell, Bruno Mars, but, see, Bruno Mars does a lot of, a lot of lifting. Shout out to the, uh, shout out to the New Jack Swing cut that he has out now. He does a lot of lifting, but I don't see him acknowledging. Even this new cut with Cardi B, there should be Guy in some kind of remix. Teddy Riley, but, uh, again, Bruno Mars, The Roots, and... The Minneapolis clan, if the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl, I'm just saying. That might, make, that might be what it would take for that to happen. Which was their best chance. It, it, it didn't show up. Hey, you know what this was? Just, just to do this quick, this was having the Super Bowl in Detroit and not having anybody from Motown. This was like having the Super Bowl in Detroit and having Millie Vanilli play for halftime. Enough said. Let's roll. All right. Uh, the light show was cool, though. That's like the only thing I can give props to. The light show was very uh, – I got emotional a bit, I'll confess. I thought the light show was really cool. All right. This is Charles Bradley, two minutes. Ain't going to give it up. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Let's groove.
Just a scotch, folks. Power Groove, the late, great Charles Bradley. Ain't going to give it up. Wow, what a talent. Again, another individual leaving the planet far too soon. I guess I should be used to it by now. All right, let's just get it in. Uh, I see Daryl has uh, something going on. Let me wait till he gets his, his uh, noise meter down a little bit. Um, all right, uh, folks, we're, going, we're back into this. The call-in number, of course, feel free to buzz on in, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. All right, um, Cap, did you hear anything about this? Uh, was kind of, you know, these things happen every 24 hours, 12, 24 hours. It's already over and done, but I find it still interesting. With uh, actress Raven Simone, you know, she's been a villain on a number of occasions, but this time I, I think she's being treated unjustly. She reposted or retweeted this critique of on hip hop. Um, well, you know what? Let, let me play this clip. This is um, from Charlemagne the God, <laughs> the Breakfast oh, Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. Normally, I'd say I, I'm not going to knock a person's hustle per se, but I mean, you, you listen. They have certain people in these positions that clearly, you know, they, they're there for a reason. They're not there to, to tip the apple cart. They're not. They're not really there to be necessarily intelligent, and they're there to, to protect the status quo. And the status quo is minstrelsy. So let me play this. Let me play his breakdown on Raven Simone, where he gives her some. Uh, a bit of a tongue lashing unjustly. Hold on. It's the donkey of the day. Donkey of the day for Monday, January, no, February 5th, Black History Month goes to Raven Simone. Now, over the weekend, a meme was floating around that was a picture from the Rock Nation brunch. In the picture was T.I., Jay-Z, Diddy, Swiss Beats, Big Sean, Yo Gotti, Elliot Wilson, just to name a few, a host of other black men who were just celebrating their life on a fine Saturday afternoon. And the caption read, a group of so-called successful black men, in parentheses it says minus Khaled, racially, who became rich and famous from perpetuating the worst black stereotypes to the ears and eyes of the whole planet, like drug dealing, pimping, murdering other black men and disrespecting black women. Uh, I know making observations is being a hater. Cheers. Now, I don't know who this post originated from, but Raven Simone reposted it from speech from Arrested Development, uh, speech, my brother, come on, you of the culture, you know better than that. First of all, you stereotyped and profiled a whole group of black men based off the lyrical content of the few of, of a few of the brothers in the picture, okay? Elliot Wilson, not even a rapper, right? <laughs> he, he's a journalist, okay? I have never heard Big Sean talk about drug dealing or murdering other black men, and I don't even know what majority of the guys in this picture do or who they are, so why profile and stereotype a whole? group of men based off the lyrical content of a few. Now, Raven Simone, she reposted that with a set of emojis, uh, the monocle emoji, the mouthless face, and a yellow heart that suggested she agreed with the sentiment of the of the meme. Now, T.I. replied to Raven Simone with an Oscar Wilde quote, and I love this quote, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I repeat, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. And he added the caption, your sins ain't no greater than ours, man. The air must be thin as hell up there on that high horse you sitting on. Somebody please let me know. WTF up with Shorty. I'll tell you what's up with Shorty. The same thing that's up with this whole era. We truly live in an era that would have never let Malcolm Little become Malcolm X. I say that all the time because if you ever read the autobiography of Malcolm X, to me, that's the greatest story of transformation in American history. Okay, Malcolm Little was drug dealing, gambling, pimping, robbing, but he grew to be one of the greatest human rights activists the world has ever seen. But I believe if he was alive in this era... 
soon as he started to make the transition, you know, from the streets to the mosque, y'all would have hit him with the, oh, you a Muslim now, no more dope games. Y'all would have kept bringing up his past and would have never taken Malcolm X serious because of his past as Malcolm Little. For whatever reason in this era, nobody believes in the concept of growth and evolution anymore. In the words of Muhammad Ali, a man who sees the world at 50 the same way he did when he was 30 has wasted 20 years of his life. People change, okay? The people in that picture have grown and evolved right before our eyes. So why are we still judging them off the sins of their past? Raven Simone, what if everywhere you went, people still called you Olivia Kendall? What if people disregarded everything you did after Cosby show? What if they disregarded that so Raven, The View, Empire, the albums you were putting out, even though they should, everything, and just referred to you as Olivia Kendall? Wouldn't you be annoyed that people aren't acknowledging your growth and only acknowledge you as Denise's stepchild and Martin's daughter? Social media causes everyone to just, it's rather lengthy, but uh, you get where he's going. All right, uh, let's bring in the the, the crew again. Um, I see our DMV friend. I'll bring him in in two shakes. Um... What are your thoughts about what what Raven Simone is being critiqued critiqued for? Even though I must remind you and the audience that she was just reposting what speech from Arrested Development, the legendary group from the '90s, what he was saying. She just co-signed on it. But that's that's the thing, right? And I, I will say that straight out. A, we live in an age where before you repost something, look hard at it. Okay, so that's where Raven's at fault here. But it's something that, in talking to black women, I've gotten. Everybody could say whatever they want, but when a black woman says it or a black woman does it, they get the, the blowback. And if you want proof of this, you know, you got it right here. Does, does, does T.I. go after speech for saying this? No. And hey, speech is making a comment there that that is wrong. Pardon me. And I can't believe I'm being put in the situation of agreeing with Charlemagne, but I'm agreeing with Charlemagne here. You know, because you have just stereotyped all the guys in that picture. Again, what Raven did was she. Reposted and agreed, but she doesn't know who the guys are in the picture. Maybe she knows T.I. I mean, I couldn't tell you what Big Sean looked like if I passed him on the street. But, be frankful, this was uh, a Bill O'Reilly moment where you stereotyped the whole group based on the stereotypes of rap. You know, hey, hey, you know, if if you repost it, if you put, if you co-sign on it, then guess what? Whatever bows and arrows that are going at that repost, you get them too. That's the age. I I, I could be sympathetic towards her, like, oh, I just did it because I know who Ti is, but you didn't know who the rest of them were. So once you did it, you co-signed it. Just like Bill O'Reilly, I've heard rap. But to hear Pepsi running ludicrous as its spokesman is totally wrong because he's a total gangster, and they are all about killing folk. We were totally against that. So why should we co-sign on this? 
this that was this is just as wrong as that was. Except this may be worse because this is black on black violence. <laughs> Twitter violence, maybe, but it's black on black violence. You know, you're defaming the, uh, a whole a whole group's character based on one individual. But again, like I said, that's that's the danger of reposting something and not going through it. I've done it. I've seen something that's funny, and I haven't seen the context of the whole situation, and I've reposted it, and then someone informs me later, hey, uh, D, before you repost, you already reposted that, did you see the entirety of the conversation that that's a part of? No, and then I look back, and all I could say is, damn, I messed up. This is bad, you know, and I give me a couple on it. I'm sorry that I posted this again because in seeing the whole conversation, wow, I don't like this stance whatsoever. I think that's what Raven fell into. Now, if you hate rap, you're going to go right into this and go, yeah, Raven and speech are totally right, except for the slander part here. That's the thing I'm focusing on. I don't care what your opinion about rap is. But when it comes to wholesale slander, that's what this fell into. There you go. Back to you, Afrinerd. All right. I see we're going to go in a totally different direction, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, let's go to uh, well, the Cap, and then we have some callers. Well, well, you have legitimate arguments on both sides with this. People at times do start out a certain way, total feces. And they turn into something else. That definitely happens. And that's something this society doesn't like. They don't like that at all. Like if you come from the hood and you happen, and this doesn't normally happen, but you happen to become a doctor, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, that person is hood. He came from here. So that always follows you because the past is prologue. That always follows you regardless, especially in this society, especially in the social media area. So that part is definitely true. The other side now that's definitely true these people did spit out all this type of rhetoric pertaining some of them pertaining to some of them pertaining to some of them pertaining to negative stuff in the black community, you know, the drugs and things of that nature. So you got that aspect there. That's definitely true. But also, it's what no one deals with. All right? This is something I'm just going to throw in here. <clears throat> When we talk about Raekwon and those type of individuals, and they, from time to time, they mess up, what's the first thing we do? Let's say they're young. Let's say they're 17. First thing we do, what do we go for? We said probably the parenting is not good. That doesn't mean every time, but probably it's not good. And when you look at it, it isn't, it isn't good. How come we're not dealing with the record companies that put the stuff out, especially the social media? Leave them. That's too easy beating up rappers, man. In the social media area, these companies don't like stink. It's real easy. In the 80s and 90s, it was a lot harder. They don't like stink. You get together, these individuals have to change their lyrics the next day. That's why I don't even like talking about because it it's stupid. You get it with the household, or oh, the parents is not good, so chances are the kids are not good. The top is the reflection of the bottom. The kids are the bottom. The parents are the top. It's some similarities. That's chaos theory. Anyway, so the same thing here with these companies. That's why I made that analogy early on. 
You can make 50 G's doing your independent stuff that's pro-black and things of that nature. At least now, years ago, you could still make big money. And majors messed that all up. Or you could come in here rapping foolishness and make $3 million a year. You want that foolishness to stop, you go right to that. Don't go to these individuals, man. Because their record companies allow it. That's who's doing it. That's who's really peddling this stuff. So there's arguments on both sides with this stuff here. You understand? There's arguments on both sides. We could talk all day, you know. Yes, if you have a young young child who's 14, 15, and he kills somebody, yeah, they are responsible. Of course they are responsible. But the first thing everyone does and looks at the parents. If the parents were better, that product wouldn't be out there. Look at these labels. Look at these companies. If you put your foot on their neck because they don't like stink, you understand, that product wouldn't be out there. No one does that. Yes, and that's why I don't really like even talking about this stuff because it sounds stupid to me. You understand? But back to the point. There's arguments on both sides. Back over to you, Appleton. Decent arguments on both sides. All right, Decent we point. have a few. We have a few more callers. Let's make it. Uh, I think this might be Bison, and then we have another caller. Uh, and I'll give you my two cents. DMV. What's up, Good Bison? Evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, cap is hot. I like it. You know, maybe it's something in the Pantene or whatever, you know, you ate this morning. I like it. <laughs> the Pantene? Really? That's where you go, Bison? Damn. I'm u- I'm using stereo. That's what he knows. That's what he hey, knows. Sure. <laughs> Metallica, Metallica will jump at a Super Bowl halftime show in a heartbeat. Just wave some money in front of him. Now, sadly, don't ask me why. I know the majority of them clowns in that picture, and it's time for black people to start pushing back on, on this nonsense. Now, now I agree with Cap that at the end of the day, they're just pawns that are replaced every year and a half, you know, with the newest thing. You know, in two years, Cardi B will be a memory. She'll be back on the pole somewhere. We know how that goes. And we should go after the record companies or liar coin and, um, the rest of those who 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 who've turned a, a beautiful art form into one of the most destructive things ever imagined in our community. Um, I agree with him 100. percent And but what do you do? I mean, how do you do that? I mean, I'm I've aged out of it. I don't care, but I care on the I care about the um, destruction it's doing. In our communities, because not all of it, not like like Cap says, not all of it, not all of it, but a, a, a large portion of it is destructive, and, it, and it, it creates a destructive atmosphere, and it creates destructive tendencies in our young people. And I grew up with it. I bought rappers that like still have the original 12 inch, you know. So you know, I don't have to go through a resume with hip hop, but it is not. The hip-hop of today is not the hip-hop of 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. There's a lot of nonsense. It hasn't left the strip club, um, and it's just, at least what's on the radio, it's just pure garbage. Now, I mean, Daryl B., has, he's correct. When you retweet something, you own it. Now, some people put in their little Twitter thing, you know, retweets are my own. That's my own. So, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of it as well. But what happened was, I think she just thought she did something innocent. But so many people feel invested in, in, in hip hop, they they push back on it. 
because Daryl Jamal, I mean, what's his name, Jamal Warner, he he retweeted the same thing, and no one, he didn't get to push back that Raven Simone guy. So I don't know if there was some misogyny with that, or just maybe he just falling off, and people don't remember who he was. He retweeted and, and had a paragraph, you know, basically co-signing what speech said. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, yeah, he put more more co-signage on that. And, again, uh, Raven Simone just retweeted the original comment, and everyone's bypassing speech. I mean, if you're, gonna, yep. if you're going to clap back, clap back on the person that actually deconstructed the rap situation. As a matter of fact, I just put a link in our chat room from BET, and the whole thing is entitled Dear Raven Simone." successful black rappers are not your murderous drug dealing scapegoats. Now, again, everyone, this is a way to get back into the Me Too and Time Is Up situation. I gotta ride with that. The ladies are correct. You can't critique you have these people have a bugaboo about Raven Simone. That's what it really boils down to. She doesn't think the way they like her to think. And I have some issue with Raven Simone, but some stuff some stuff she said I agree with. So she's hit or miss with me. But you can't bypass Beach's original comments and then entitle whole uh, 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 hit pieces on her for just retweeting the original comment. So it's already effery. One quick hey, thing. They don't know the history. One quick thing. One quick thing, and i got to go to the phones because time is moving. I'm still going to keep the line open for you, Bison. Um, if, you get to the, if you get into the actual bare bones of looking at the photograph and who these people were, these people are definitely at, at, at the forefront of producing this doggerel material. You go through their lyric sheets, you're going to see some stuff. Up until very recently. For Jay-Z, you might have to go all the way up to, dare I say, 444 for him to get an epiphany. Because a few records before that, he was, he was saying something about, I would rap like I would rap like Common or something. I'm paraphrasing. I would rap like Common if it paid me more, if they paid better. That's, I mean, I'm, but you know what I'm talking about. He said something to the other kid. I would do political stuff if it paid me better. And that was a few albums ago. So the, 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 the thing that we must remember, and again, even when, uh, even when, when Charlemagne referenced Big Sean, who I referenced, he didn't know Big Sean. Big Sean has a new record out. He laid waste to Rosa Parks, the latest record. So if you actually did the research and go through the lyrical content, you're going you're gonna to see some stuff. You're going to see some stuff. And for, for, for him to make analogies with Malcolm X is problematic because you're asking these young men to go through some kind of evolution while the black community suffers. I don't quite understand that. It's okay, and I've heard this, for Cardi B, for people to say, oh, look where she's come from. We appreciate her come up. Everyone appreciates her come up. So what happens is she comes out with this this very uh, sexualized and goofy image as a woman of color from the Bronx. So in order for her to come up, the community has to suffer. So we we take the hit for her benefit. And again, you have gentlemen, these gentlemen, in quotes, who have come up to be multimillionaires shy of being billionaires. But you and everybody else are the victims of their success. I don't think that's right. 
I don't think that's right. Uh, Malcolm X, his his dysfunctionalism was 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 more was more closed. It wasn't an entire community. The, these people had their close-ups, and they were dysfunctional. Doc, uh, uh, Malcolm X didn't have a close-up when he's being dysfunctional. I mean, if Malcolm X was given a microphone when he went to pr- when he when he went to prison and that kind of thing, that's a different situation. But you're literally giving a microphone to people and power while they're being dysfunctional, again, to the detriment of everybody else. So I got to take the hit so my friend can become a millionaire. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm calling it like I see it. Okay, but but as the captain, and and you are right, the captain is, is very profound that we are bypassing also the record companies, all these corporate interests that, that are about making money off of black disrespect. But I'm not going to sit here and give a pass for multiple decades of disrespect to black people. And these people get paid and smile before a camera. And, when they, and these people uh, – and, and speech is patently correct. He's patently correct. And we still are making excuses for decades of BS. Go ahead. Go ahead, Daryl. Okay, but again, there's there's a couple of bigger issues here. Like I said, you you you're right on the misogyny of of rap. All right, Decades. I tell people I tell people all the time. I've stopped listening to current rap. I'm I'm more into the 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 nerd core, the geek stuff. Why? A, it's more respectful. B, it's more fun. I don't have to deal with gangster elements in it. All right, but. At the same time as that, if if you don't give guys a chance to grow, <laughs> you know, a lot of these guys don't know about that. They 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 had to do all the bad stuff first to grow into what they are now. All right, at if we expense. if we typecast everybody, expense. if we typecast everybody in the beginning, he brought up Malcolm X. There's no better example than that. If you typecast Malcolm X at the beginning. There is no Malcolm X. He's never got he gets a chance to grow and be more than what he was. Jay Z is another example. Never get a chance to grow up and be more than he was. So you're saying essentially from what you are at birth, what you learn early, that's what you are the rest of your life. No, How were you early you're, again? You're, you're not. You're, you're not getting to. The, you're not getting to the to, to the to the actual bones of it. What I'm saying is is that they are evolving. That's fine. You're allowed to evolve. But why does your community have to suffer for you to, be, to, for you to evolve? But when Dre, Dre gets a check from Apple for damn near a billion dollars. But for 20-some-odd years, he's talking about that gangster lean. And, 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 and let, me, let me ride, let me ride. He, he threw extreme shade towards uh, a medallion. He said, I, we're not about that African medallions and black power fits. I'm about that gangster-ish. Now, he did that to a billion dollars. He gets a check. But everybody else is still suffering while he's evolving. You can't deconstruct oh. that. Okay, but he's evolving, the, he's evolving the, on the back of his people. See, you seem to have a lot of animosity towards the rappers. That's Not the all point. Rappers. That's, that's the problem. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you're you, you doomed. You're doomed. That's no, where you're no, throwing because, most of your venom. Everyone no, hears because, that. You no, understand? because no, no. See, we're talking about uh, specifically gangster rap. This profitable rap. When rap was at its dangerous with the Chuck D's and the X-Clans and, and the uh, KRS-1s, 
when they were called on CNN and when they were actual spokespeople, they could actually sit down and have a political conversation. It wasn't All a bunch right. of mumble, yeah, mumble you're, BS. You're, you're okay? not understanding me. You're no, understanding no. what I'm understanding me. is that corporate, corporate interests to make black folks look clowns look like clowns, that's always profitable and always acceptable, and the community community suffers at the expense of people getting, getting their checks. So, we go to six so the, way to, the way to stop it is not these fools, because anybody here, I can tell you, I've sat down with player record companies. They tell you how to rap, man. They tell you, man. They owe oh, you nice, you, you're talented, but I need you to go like this. That's the thing that everyone needs to deal with. And the social media aspect, you can start to stop these dudes. You can start to stop it. Not these fools here. They're fools. They're fools. Well, they still call them it's out. Established. Let's, let's go to 612. You 612, know? welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? Yeah, my name's David. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say I think it's, it's the other way around. I feel like uh, it's not as much as the music influencing the culture. It's the actual culture influencing the music. And at the end of the day, when you talk about the record business, it's a business, and they go where the market, you know, determines they go. If if conscious rap doesn't sell, they're not gonna they're not gonna waste their time with it. If conscious pop, uh, rap was popular, people liked it, they were listening to it, it would be the number one thing. But people don't like it. People like a certain type of rap music. That's just what it is. And you could say, well, that's just white people like that certain type. The same with the young black people. Then the same cap. I mean, listen to like a lot of the what we consider underground black rap music that just specific to people in the hood, not not stuff that white people listen to. You listen to it, it's way more gangster, way more violent, way more, if you want to use the term misogynist, than the mainstream pop stuff is. So it's, yeah. it, it's the other way around. And uh, along with this, this idea that black people are are in this state of, because we're influenced to act a certain way, and this, I, I don't buy that BS for a second. I don't think we're that weak. I don't think we're that weak-minded. And I, I reject that. I, I still believe there's an idea that black people are still responsible for their actions, that we're not this, this, these like weak people that can be manipulated mentally at every single moment. It, I, like it's the same way when I hear people make the argument of, oh, people are selling drugs because the CIA brought drugs into the community. I, I reject that because that's saying that the person selling the drugs, number one, lacks any sense of morality and is completely uh, unaware of the effects that the drugs are having on this community. And so at the end of the day, we all know what it is. People are out for themselves. Screw this collectivist nonsense, this idea that people represent black people or they're going to speak on behalf of us or they somehow represent us. These people don't represent me or you or any of you. You represent yourself. At the end of the day, you're accountable for your own decisions, your own life, and how you impact those around you. And if you're in a position to help your community, then do that. But forget all this, we, us, all this. It's all nonsense. The only time that matters is when people have something to gain from it. But when the push comes That's to shove, it's all, at the end of the day, it's all about yourself. And Jay-Z doesn't represent me. None of these Negroes represent me. I don't care what they do. They can do whatever. They're looking out for themselves and their their bottom line and their bank account and their family. And as, especially as black men, the last thing we need to be worried about is superficial BS that has no impact on how much money you got on your account, what you're doing for your family. At the end well, of the day, you should be talking about you know, finances, how to develop credit, how to invest your money, how to, you know, get in a state where you can be financially independent. That's where our focus should be because that's what they're doing. I like this. You see what I'm saying? Well, well, like sir, I'm not, you, I'm not going to – Call in I'm again. Not, call in I'm again. Go, I'm not going to deconstruct what you say. A lot of what you say has a lot of merit. Uh, my yeah. only issue with what you – My only issue where we, where we may differ is that I think that 
we shouldn't be we should be like other folks, and maybe you know we deconstruct tribalism too. So we, I say that in quotes. Other folks don't seem to have this same uh, issue when it comes down to controlling their culture. I'm I'm tired of black folk uh, as a tribe being perceived so differently than everybody else. Jewish folks don't seem to have the same the same kind of issue when it comes down to to uh, being protective of their of their appearance of of their of of how they're promoted and how they're perceived. We're the only ones that it's always different with us. There's always some kind of excuse. I understand that. Yeah, we we and we talk about these things at Afro Nerd. The reason why I developed this this site and and, and our crew is promoting the alternative. Hell, I don't play a lot of of this minstrel music. I don't play it at all. I'm, but the issue is, there are other things going on. Black Panther might make damn near a billion dollars, and if we were to if we were to go by that rap paradigm, as you as just putting it, we shouldn't be looking at that. That shouldn't be, be successful. So what I'm saying is, I think people are playing games on us. I don't know if uh, this this type of music really outsells anything because there's no there's no more record stores. The record business is in shambles right now. It's about the promotion of minstrelsy. For, for, for where the benefit isn't as, isn't as clear cut as it was 30 years ago when there was actual physical product for the music. No one's selling any music. So if no one's selling any music, why are we still getting this image? I think it's because it's easy. I think it's because it's, it's, it's as comfortable as putting on a glove. That's why I think it's really going on. But I, I think we should be, we should not, we should demand respect for our imagery like everybody else does. I'm not, I don't think we should be passive victims just, just letting these clowns run the show. Yeah, but well, you need to stop identifying with people that just because they have the same skin color as you. That's that's something that I – I mean, growing up, I used to have that mindset. But as I got older, I, I just completely detached from that listen, because I realized I in life, rather than identifying with color, right, just identify people who have the same values look, and look at the world the same way you do. That's more important. Well, yeah, because I will, for example – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I will – Guess what? The show is called Afro Nerd. So just to give you a clue, we we don't identify with, with these people because we wouldn't call the show Afro Nerd. Everything, most of what we talk about on this show deals with a certain level level of independent pro, uh, independent politics, conservatism, nerd culture, uh, Afro punk, black rock. We are, we are the other black folks. So you you know you're not you're talking to the choir as far as okay. as far as putting us aside. We don't identify, I don't identify with Jay-Z, not whatsoever. But I, I don't like the idea of, of corporate forces or, or, or other outside forces dictating this singular, singular thing. Matter of fact, I probably would be more accepting of that crew if that, if that crew is, is, is allowed to exist with Black Panther, with, with Soledad O'Brien, who we've had on the show, uh, with all these other types of views of blackness. But when it comes down to how we are perceived, the real black people, the, 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 the uh, authentic black people, are always categorized as these clowns instead of, instead of it let, letting it stand as multiple black people. No one does this with anybody else. No one's going to Appalachian white folks as the white people. They don't go to them. Yeah, but, but, but those type of black, black people, people are the majority, though. That's the thing. They're the majority. No, if, if they you have go, power. Yeah, if you go on, if you go on every major city... No, but if you go to every major city in this country, any inner city area, all the young black people, what 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 type of uh, let's say music do you think they identify with? With that, with that type of stuff, that culture, they like it. You know what I'm saying? No, a lot of these rappers, 
they well, accept it, they're given it, they choose it. Well, they're choosing see, that's it. That's where we disagree. That's where I don't think they have a choice. I don't no, think they so do have a choice. Well, listen, when we when we we rep for Afropunk right in downtown Brooklyn, right? Uh, hundreds of thousands pe- hundreds of thousands of people go to Afropunk, and my co-discussant Daryl is there. So we don't even really know what black people are about because no one wants to. Fo- no one cares about uh, our choices. But this idea that these people have a choice, I don't think so. Well, that and this is something I brought up when when the the Black Panther soundtrack debates come up like that. All right, I go like and and something the uh, cap says. We can't expect corporate America to appreciate our needs. We got to do for our own, you know. And there's enough out there that we could do and make our own. We see what you're doing with that. That looks beautiful. We can do our own. This is where I disagree with the pre-programming aspect. I work on a dock, all right? I have a lot of younger black and urban kids around me. They, They are all into today's music. But when I get a chance to play my old mixes, my old school mixes, on the dock and stuff like that, and I'm singing some of the words and, and, and just doing that to go through my day, they'll stop and go, isn't that the beat that Amigos used? Or isn't that, no, 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 son, this is the original beat here. Listen, listen to the words. Learn something. And I will find that they'll go, hey, rewind that. Play that again. They, if they get the chance to get the exposure to it, they can get it. The, and this is where the call is correct. There aren't enough places for the youngsters to get that exposure. Why? Because, like, like Afrodert says, the, the new music is totally McDonald's. It's cookie cutter. It's easy to produce. It's crap. <laughs> Not all of it's crap. Like I said, I got appreciation for Bruno Mars, but at the same time as I got appreciation for him, Hey, I wish Janelle Monet had the same amount of exposure. I wish Sate had the same amount of exposure. I wish Roman Giannotta had the same amount of exposure. <laughs> Leonardo De La Havis, I wish she had the same amount of exposure. Because we're getting a lot of the crap forward and not a lot of the quality forward. Well, it's, it's a different I, mindset. It's a great you know, if, you, if you go if you go to YouTube, there's a there's a great clip. It's like a, it's, it's somewhat of a parody, but it's called the evolution of rap. And this guy goes through the, how the rap changed from the '80s all the way to today. And in that, he shows how the culture influenced what rap was talking about, especially involving the drug trade, and how rap went from this pro-black, you know, Afrocentric message to basically, you know, we're selling drugs to, and in, in the 2000s, it got into gangster rap, and then now. It's about people using drugs, and that's what it's catered to. And right now, Shoshimongi, the young black culture, they're they're using drugs now way more than stuff that we never thought of. Like they're popping mollies, they're take they're popping acid, they're they're doing all kind of stuff now. And the music is adapting to what they like. That's why they, if you listen to a lot of them rap now, it's just mumble rap. It's not even like there's not even any lyrical talent or skill or ability, no flow, nothing, because it's catering to that type of what that culture is now. Where they all go out to a party, a club, whatever. Everyone's popping mollies, and they just get into this zone in this trance, and they just want to hear music that just keeps them in that zone. That's what's going on, man. In Chicago, where I happen to be from, look look at the people. You have Lupe Fiasco and you have Common, two talented, conscious rappers. 
And what do the most of the young people like? They would they rather listen to Big Chief than either one of those two. That's just the facts, man. We got to accept that. Gang culture, criminal lifestyles is glorified and it's cool because young black men think that's stronger, it's tougher, and young black girls prefer guys that are like that. That's just what it is. Well, well look. It's, it's I, not I, a matter of choice. It's That's what they gravitate towards because the, the, they where, like it. Where, where I disagree with you on that is that there's a lot of, a lot of scholarship, a lot of research, uh, a lot of insiders that will tell you differently. They will tell you that a lot of this stuff deals with uh, uh, white and sometimes black, actually, middle-aged corporatists that decide to make that decision. Because there are other groups that they will treat differently when it comes down to salacious material. I, I think we're being a little bit intellectually dishonest to think that, for instance, I'll give you an example. This, this, this Black Panther movie that's coming out it is an, ex- an excellent example. We've had people come on our show to this day, uh, even Erica Alexander, the actress from Cosby and from uh, Living Single, who has this, this graphic novel called uh, Concrete Park. When, when she and her husband would go to these white corporatists, go to these the green lighters, they would say things like, well, we don't get it, and we don't think black folks are into this. But then the minute someone takes a chance... They say, oh, wow, we didn't know. There's a lot of assumptions on what black people like, and they just go ahead and just, they just give you fodder. They give you what, is, what, they think, what they think is available. They could come out with something new tomorrow, just expose it to the air. All of a sudden, wow, we didn't know black folks into these kind of things. The, the, the black community is so divergent and diverse. I, I don't know if we should even, even be just focusing on inner-city black youth when white suburbanites are the ones that are actually the main purchasers of this music to begin with so i i don't know the, the white, I just know white that suburban a lot of people they, they the type of rap they listen to is considered by the black inner city youth as just it's too pop there's a total difference. i don't know about that i, 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 I know been, it, I, it is I've, I've sat next to some, some, these white guys and girls are listening to the same listening to as much grimy uh, rap music as the yeah, black kids recently are, are over the last couple of years they started to do that because couple. they got more engaged in it but for the most part it's always been the case where the underground black underground rap music that the inner city youth listen to has always been way more grimier way more you know disgusting than anything that was put on on the mainstream that's I, been like I'll that leave, all the way since the 90s I, i'll leave it at this and then i want i want q stone to make some comments to get about four minutes remaining you know, at one time, the underground music used to be Public Enemy and X-Clan, where they had white listeners, and, and Chuck D will talk about this, where white people were li- actually listening to pro-black, pro-black lyrical content. And I think the government came down and decided to, because that was the real gangster music. When you start to actually infiltrate the minds of, of the youth, irrespective of color, that's when it was at its most dangerous. Um, somehow, they got rid of that. These artists started getting letters from the, from the government shutting this stuff down. Matter of fact, we know about COINTELPRO and those, and those government groups. So, I, again, I think we're being naive where we think no, that— they did well, not, this they stuff, did not have was, as big as an stuff, influence what, as people are giving them to. I mean, look, academics are academics because they're in an ivory tower, and they think they can just analyze things like that. When you actually get in the real world and you talk to people, you realize what they like. Try playing some punk music or rock music. To a lot of kids in the south side of Chicago, and they'll look at you like, "Turn that bullshit off right now." They, they're not. They're, these people, they know what they like, and they go to it. We live in a free society. If people let's, want let's, to listen to rock music or something, they could, but they don't like free. it. Let's, let's go to 484. 
let's go to uh, my friend Q Storm, and then we got to get out of here. Uh, I'm not going to take too much time. It's just, you know, here we are. We're talking about the chicken and the egg conundrum, you know, the, 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 the black consumer versus corporatism. Meanwhile, Elon Musk is is launching rockets, and we're getting yeah. left behind. Dealing with this with, crap. With convertibles <laughs> in space. You know. <clears throat> and this is why I say our black superheroes need to be fighting Thanos instead of Lala. We need to imagine higher. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, maybe it's not directly connected, but I think we need to imagine higher. Uh, it's, it's 30 years we're still talking about the same crap. Yeah, I agree with you on that, too. I think this is, this is a lengthy debate. I, I just think that these, these kids are not really getting that kind of choice. I think that if, they, if, if, if listening to punk work was cool, or if that was like the cool thing to do, I guarantee you black folk would be speaking, listening to punk, although they are. Just not those inner city blacks, but hey, if it's all of a sudden uh, 24-hour rotation, because you know some of this stuff is absolutely um, nihilism. So what's the difference? Exposure means everything. I think there's an assumption and there's a corporate trigger, and that's it. Anyway, we appreciate your opinion. We got about a minute remaining. Uh, we'll be back again on Sunday. The Grindhouse. Uh, we'll get it in. Get it in again, folks. As always, we appreciate it. This is Wait Off, K Tronada, not not gangster music, <laughs> but you knew that. Thank you.